0: Listening to the Bannerman, an LA Kings podcast. It's June, and in the month of June, two things are for certain: Stanley Cup Finals, and Rob Blake is going to work. How are you tonight, my friend?
1: Hey, man, I am well. It's been been a long time. We shouldn't have left you, in the words <laughs> of Timberland. Uh, but it's okay. We had places to be. We traveled. We got our wits about us and we actually have some stuff to talk about for once.
0: That's right. We were waiting. We knew it was coming. We,
1: patiently.
0: Because if the last three years has shown us anything, it's that June is the month that Rob Blake likes <laughs> to do some stuff. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, of uh, Fiala was the end of June last year.
1: I'm going to look it up while you're, while you're uh,
0: yeah, chatting and on Yeah, And I think Arvidson was right at the end of June as well. So a little departure for R.B. (laughs) He goes early (laughs) June this time.
1: That just means that the crazier stuff's still coming. That's how I take it.
0: A lot of room to breathe. A lot of room to go wild. Uh, Although we will talk about how wild we expect this to get, if any wilder. I don't know.
1: It's exciting. Things can happen and uh, things are already in motion.
0: Yeah, I, the one thing that's obviously we're going to talk about right out of the gate, the thing that happened that a lot of people didn't think could happen. Right. Cal Peterson and $5 million, $5 million that are attached to him off the books for the Los Angeles Kings in a three-team trade. But essentially what it comes down to for the Kings, Sean Walker, Cal Peterson off the roster, Helga Grands from the pipeline and a second round pick in 2024 gone from the LA Kings side. What they attain is a whole lot of money. Basically, if you want to get into the Kevin Pannottens of the deal, sure. Like we could do that. <laughs> but the bottom line is, they move like out that. two contracts. Uh, <laughs> they move out two contracts. From now on,
1: everything that is the nitty-gritties <laughs> will be known as the Kevin Pannottens.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they move out two contracts. They do retain 30% of Ivan Provorov's con- contract. That's two years and i believe it comes out to about 2 million dollars so they're going to have 2 million dollars of dead space on the books at the end of the day that is a, i believe a cap savings of close to 6 million dollars
1: yeah i think that's accurate because uh from what i recall they had roughly 7 million in cap space on cap friendly prior to that and that came to 13.2ish i think afterwards uh i will look that up Right after I tell you about the other things I looked up. The Kevin Fiology was 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 right on the border. It was June 29th of mm-hmm, twenty-two. Mm-hmm. You were you were off about Victor harvidson though. Oh, July first. Really? July first. Oh he, Rob. <laughs> oh Rob trickster. But he's moving. I mean, at this point, next year, May twenty-fifth. That's what he's just gonna <laughs> go that's right. 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 <laughs>
0: <laughs> is The trade window even open May 25th. I don't even know.
1: I don't. It, I think it's always open. That's it's right. Just, you
0: just can't play till the season you, starts. Yeah, and, and yeah. then it was just
1: fine at that point because you know. Well, then again, who knows where the Kings will be May 25th of next year? I shouldn't. I shouldn't count them out. Not with these kind of moves, friend.
0: Yeah, not with the Florida Panthers playing awful hockey and making oh, the Cup final
1: throwing things off like crazy.
0: We can get uh, into that. Yeah. Uh, but here's i'll i'll do the breakdown here Yeah. to, to, to the blue jackets it's provorov 2 years 6.75 million 2 million of that retained uh to the flyers a 20 a 2023 first which was the kings first in the Gabrikov trade correct but that's columbus's first a 24 second um from columbus that they can move to the 25th uh, to, to the 2025 draft Sean walker at 2.65, Cal Peterson at 5 million, Helga Granz, don't need to know about his contract, and the Kings 2024 second, the Kings get like I said, uh, Connaughton, Hodgson, but really it's cap space, so that's the trade.
1: Yes, and basically that cap space, almost immediately, almost immediately uh, you basically take the 5 million that you were paying Cal Peterson, you tack on another 8.75 to it, and you give it to the G-Unit himself, the G-Wagon, Vladdy Daddy, you know, from Russia with love, Telephone right. telephone, D-Man. The nicknames are just off the off They're the top. They're all of my really head. good, by the way. <laughs> They're all, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um,
0: uh, I think Telephone Man is my favorite one. Telephone so, Man, that's yeah. right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, he gets two years, five point eight seven five with most of that up front as a big old signing bonus because Vladdy likes uh likes doing the little money bin issues and just jumping right into no, it. No, he
0: that guy likes his money quick and fast.
1: That's right. I'm sure he just bought a shit ton of Bitcoin with it or whatever. <laughs> I hope not. Not a good investment. I hope, no, I Vladdy. hope not. Don't if do that's it.
0: the case, we'll sign him for four million in two years. It'll be, it'll be great. Uh, but let's peel this onion because it's gigantic. Yeah. Okay, um, let's start with the trade. Give me your thoughts the
1: trade. on the trades. Let me know what you think. You can give it a five star scale. What would you give?
0: Uh, I'll give it a three and a half star. Okay. It's not. Right. It's a good trade. It's it's a necessary trade. Uh, yes. I'm I'm just not ready to build a statue of Rob Blake on this one just because it's a self inflicted wound that he's yes. patching up himself, which is. Fine. I, I, I also commend that because one of the things Dean Lombardi was accused of was dying on certain hills, even though he maybe knew it was a mistake or he mm-hmm. he knew it was time to move on. And he still got stubborn about it, doubled down on his decisions. He got criticized for that fairly, probably, but it's good to at least know that Rob Blake's the type of guy to be like, hey, uh, I made this mess, so I'm going to try to clean it up. And in that respect, it's good. Again, when you break it down, you could say, which I did think, like, hey, if you just traded Walker to some team for a fifth and then you just buried Cal in the minors, what's the difference really? The difference comes out to, I think, like one, a one million and some change. I'm not completely sure uh, on the math there, but it's pretty close. It's not too far off. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could, you know, you could in theory say – why retain on Provorov, you could have buried him um, for like, I think it's 1.8. That's the difference, I believe. Yeah. yeah. But the bottom line, but after you really think about it, the bottom line is they needed to get Gavrikov under contract and have some room to sign their uh, restricted free agents. And in that situation, every cent matters. That's the bottom line. Every million matters, every 800,000 matters, so on and so forth. So um, you could criticize it. Uh, I'm sure there are many ways to do it, but all in all, man, you got to be happy with it because now you have some flexibility to get all those things done. Uh, although they're still up against it, believe me. I mean, to sign a goaltender, they're still they're still going to be very much up against it, which we'll get into. But uh, three and a half. How about you? Uh, I'll,
1: I'll give it a, an extra half on it. A four. Um, again, the one star deduction being that yes, you. Uh, you had to give up a prospect. Now, people have different opinions on Helga Grans. the The fact of the matter is, look, there was too many people ahead of him. Okay, you can you can tell me he looked great in the AHL. You can tell me, you know, a few more years of seasoning. That's uh, the Kings clearly have a window here that they've stumbled into. I don't think that they were planning on this necessarily being their window, and then maybe they thought they could have the patience with Granz to turn him into something uh more, but he's still got guys like Bjornfoot ahead of him. I would argue that you got guys like Muvarari ahead of him. I'm not even is Muvarari resigned, by the way. I don't know yet. I don't I'm not sure. But the point is that whenever we talked about like the King's defensive prospects and the guys who were gonna come up and you know fill spots or get NHL games, etc. I never once heard Helga Grand's name come up. And there's too many people ahead of him, I think, for him to reasonably crack this lineup. So I think people who are lamenting the loss of him are lamenting the loss of his draft position more than the player he actually is at this point in his career. Um, we were guilty of as much of that with you know with Kale Clegg a couple of years ago. And I think it's best to look at what the team is now and understand that they're playing for the intent, for the purposes of making something of this window that they have found themselves in with back-to-back playoff appearances, improvements from one year to the next. And uh, I think you can't you can't worry too much about a Helga Granz. Walker doesn't do anything for me. And yeah, you, you managed to get out of what was seemingly an untradeable deal, or a very, very difficult pill to swallow, and you save yourself the cap hit that you need to make the moves that you need to make right now for this year and for next year. That's that's how I look at this. So I think four out of five stars, again, the one-star deduction being that, yes, you gave up a prospect, and yes, it's like you said, it's it's you know making up for your own mistake from a couple of years ago.
0: Yeah. And I probably lament the second round pick more than I lament Helga round. Sure, being sure, sure, sure. Yeah, no, Just I, absolutely. Just because in the next... Uh, so in the first two rounds of this one and the first two rounds of the next one, the Kings have one pick Yeah, in each of those two rounds. A second this year and a first next year. Yeah. Um, you, you know, what, I, what I've seen over the years is once you get into losing those early picks consistently, that's when you really get into trouble as an organization. And I think... I think the Kings recognize that enough. Uh, I have no doubt in my mind that Philly wanted the second in this year's draft to start, but you know, obviously the Kings aren't going to give that up in such a deep draft. Correct. So, so that's I seriously lament the second more than Helga grounds, and I don't lament the second that much either because you got to do something. You didn't give up a first, right? Right. You couldn't give up a first given the situation, and a lot of people when they were. Trying to guess what the Kings would give up, I think most people would have thrown a first in there. Oh, easily in in terms of the guesswork, right? So yeah,
1: yeah, easily. And I think you know we were we were talking about like what would it take to sweeten the deal on the last episode, and it was like, well, you got to throw a jersey in there or something, something that like is going to be the equivalent of a second or a first round pick for a lot of teams, right? Correct. So, and there was some discussion that perhaps Chicago could have been a target, not just by us, like it actually came up after this Philly deal that Chicago had kind of kicked the tires on it. I don't see any way that Chicago would have just taken on Cal's contract without some sort of sweetener being thrown in there. Honestly, I don't even know if Helga Granz and a second would have been enough from Chicago's point of view because they've got cap space for days. They can make deals like that with a million other teams that are looking yeah. for if, for if that the, kind of flexibility. If they would
0: have taken that, the Kings would have done it, obviously. 100%. So I'm 100%. assuming it was a first that Chicago wanted.
1: And here's, so. and I understand, I understand like the, you know, oh man, we lost another top round But honestly, a second round pick, especially for where this team thinks it's going to be for the next couple seasons, you're talking like a pick potentially in the late second maybe yep. 50 to 60 50s. so right so these are these are not the picks that are going to be the you know the the high probability picks that are going to be someone that cracks the lineup for this team and and i i'm not totally convinced that they're done yet i think there's something to be said for them getting in on this stuff early and i think they realize that they have still a glut of valuable right-handed defenseman i'm not completely ruling out them still moving sean Dersey in some way and utilizing that as a potential to move up in the draft this year given that it is so deep again i i don't think the one thing i will say for rob blake is he's incredibly good at keeping things close to the vest and you can't rule anything out with him anymore if you look at his history over the last two three seasons you would be insane to rule anything out with this guy he comes off as a very mild-mannered dude when he's talking he's not like a you know a, a brian burke like character who's just you know wild looking but you look at the deals he's making you're like man that's those are ballsy deals these are these are like a guy uh you and i were texting about this and you you made mention of something that like he would sell his kidney to be good at his job i i'm 100% 100 on board with that sentiment because i think he wants nothing more than to be viewed as a good gm and to win for this team so he is willing to make the deals that may be controversial maybe rub people the wrong way maybe send certain goaltending legends away if he feels like it's and i'm not talking about cal by the way <laughs> with that <laughs> statement just to clarify thank you for um, that. quite welcome I think he's willing to do the moves that he thinks are right for this team, even if they are a little bit wild and unpredictable and completely off the radar. Like who? Yes, we all knew that he was going to try to get out from this Peterson contract. Yes, we all knew that Walker was very much available. But this deal with those teams and I mean, come on, no one saw any of this coming at all.
0: No, agreed. And, and he's look, look at his track record as a player. Like, if something did not totally. serve him in, yep. in that moment, that's he That's a out. great
1: point, man. That is a great point.
0: Right? Like, you look at the, t- the two times he, he forced the King's hand, twice, not just in one but then later when he came back, right. he didn't like the deal Lombardi offered him, and he peaced out again. Right. Because at that point, that was his brand, and that's what he was taking care of. Now he's taking care of an organization, an on-ice product. I, I completely expect him to treat it the same way. I expect him to treat the players the same way because that's how he's been treated and that's how he's protected himself. So he understands the value uh, of not only the team but the individual as well. Yeah. So you know what? Gimme give, give me a shrewd guy like that.
1: Yeah, and I think that's 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 an excellent point because I I think he's gotten used to being hated. You know, like, he was he was totally fine with it as a player. He's totally fine with it as a GM. He's like, I don't care. Your perception of me is irrelevant to me versus me thinking that I'm doing the right thing for myself. And you can't argue with his track record. You really can't. Like, you might not like the moves from one way or the other, and you might not like him as a person because of minor things. But look, man, the team is doing better over the last two or three seasons than it has since the Lombardi era. And he himself, as a player, bet on himself and made the moves that got him a cup. So I, I'm I'm on board. I'm totally on board with whatever he wants to do, and I look forward to how he does the rest of this summer. Um,
0: Speaking of betting on yourself, you, right? Right there. That's what uh, Vladdy Gavrikov just did because rumors or whatever, reports came out, Pierre Lebron, a couple of other people, that the Gavrikov camp was looking for two years which really blindsided me because in this era of get your money for as many years as you possibly can get security, you know, situate your family. Don't be always be on the move. That's a very hockey thing. And he goes completely against the grain and he goes MBA on this. He mm-hmm. went completely NBA. He's I'm telling you, dude, like I have a feeling this is going to be a common thing now or a more common thing now. These short-term deals of players betting on themselves. That's what Gavrikov does. He wants two years. He gets two years at probably a higher cap hit than he would had he maxed out at seven or eight. Yep. With the knowledge that the cap is probably going to be on the rise over the next two seasons. And he's looking to cash in twice. So it's different. (laughs) It's a unique approach. But I really think it works for the Kings too because the one thing I was concerned about with with Gavrikov or really anybody – a goalie too is like once you get into those five, six, seven year deals, yeah, those are the deals you really end up regretting as yeah. as a team. So, I'm completely okay with two years at that cap hit. I think it it works for the player and it works for the team.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think for his age, for the for the type of game that he plays, um, and the the age related decline that comes from the type of game that he plays and the type of player that he is i think if he's happy with this i don't see a reason why the king should be unhappy with this i think the window is perfect for them it gives them the flexibility they need to be able to resign their rfas in a gradual fashion and it gives gavrikov the money that he wants maybe more than he would get but you know you got the you got some implications that him and his family liked being in la and this keeps him here for a couple of years so Really, I I was really not sure why there was this sentiment that like oh the Kings really wished they had him for longer than that. I was like, why, why exactly? May, like, I mean,
0: dude, maybe a year, you know? At like most, maybe, right? Yeah. At most, yeah.
1: But like, I I'm good with that. I'm good with two years for him. And there's no telling what his game's gonna be like, and there's no telling what the Kings roster is gonna be like in the next two years. You really shouldn't be hanging yourself up on you know twenty eight year old. Second pairing, mostly defensive defensemen. Like that's not who you should be committing six, seven years to, in my opinion. So if if it works for him and he thinks he's gonna make more money and get that six, seven year deal two years from now, great, fantastic. I don't I don't see how this is something that they gotta be overly upset about, personally. I think if anything, you just gotta look around and see that cap flexibility ends up being the biggest asset more than actual players on your roster.
0: And uh, that leaves the Kings with 7.3 million in projected cap space. Yep. Um, which is still, it's great, but, yeah. but it's, there's still a lot of work to do. Obviously we we've talked about it. We'll talk about it more in the future, but Gabe Velarde uh, is, is the main target right now to get locked down. Uh, mm-hmm. We mentioned how Gavrikov was the first domino and, and Velarde's the second and a goaltender is likely the third. You have some other RFAs, obviously fringe RFAs like Jad, Kupari. I don't know what they want to do with McEwen. I'm assuming nothing, but, <laughs> but those, those guys need money too, if you want to keep them. So they're, they're still to your point, logic dictates that there's still a move here mm-hmm. to be made. Now who that is, it's all the usual suspects you've been hearing about reading about your Aya follows Arvidsons, Jersey's more. Sometimes I, I, I read, um, don't know, don't know where the Kings are going to go, but I think if they want to get, it depends on where they want to go in goal. I think if they're going to play it safe and kind of go the, I don't know, Tristan Jari or something mm-hmm. route, mm-hmm. uh, then maybe Jersey is enough to get it done. Uh, just because his cap, it isn't big. It's not going to give you that that huge breathing room you need because if you trade jersey you're still going to have to have someone on the roster to taking his spot. And it's, you know, I think that the difference will be minimal at that point. So it's going to be an interesting month or so here, especially leading up into the draft. What do you want? You want to talk about goalies? You want to touch on the cap space?
1: Yeah. I mean, we could start with the goalies. So look, resigning corpus allo is still very much an option right there's there's no question that that's still an option out there and like we talked about before i don't necessarily think it's going to cost a huge amount of money and frankly everywhere around the league you just you have to look at who vegas has in net right now that's all the evidence you really need like you don't necessarily need to be investing five, six million dollars in a goaltender anymore, especially if the team in front of him is solid enough to, to, you know, generate decent stats. I think you have to look at how Phoenix Copley did coming in and playing basically average goaltending advanced metrics, which we weren't getting from Jonathan Quick, which we weren't getting from Cal Peterson, sadly, and the team took off. And I think that made the team in front of him play better as well. And it all kind of feeds into this system where the, the team actually starts playing like a team. I think that carried through when Corpus came around. It fell apart a little bit against, you know, seven games or six games against the Oilers, which will happen to most goaltenders, quite frankly. But to me, I I didn't see such egregious play from Solo against various opponents that I would be against bringing him back. And I think you could still bring him back at a reasonable cap number.
0: Uh, the reason we think that is just because look at the goaltending market. Correct. In terms of free agency, it is loaded with backups. Yes. And, and strictly probably backups. You're, you look at the list, Varlamov, Freddie Anderson, uh, Tristan Jara we mentioned, Alex Nedeljkovic is a free agent.
1: And that would be a huge reclamation project, it's, by the way. Yeah, for,
0: Lauren I mean, Bris, Brossois, Aiden Hill, who's probably going to get a nice, nice yeah. little raise. But uh, there's tons. Corpusalo, um, Samsonov, right? Like, there are options. There's going to be a big goalie carousel going on here in the summer. And to your point, like, someone's going to have to target Corpusalo over all those guys. Exactly. I don't. I don't think there is a team that's going to grab him and make him a number one goaltender a clear cut, like you're, you're a guy who's going to play 45 to 50 games this season. I, I just don't see it, although he did have a good showing in the playoffs, but he did fade down the stretch. And if you saw the first part, you saw the second part. That's just the reality But so, So right. certainly not ruling out. I know or I've read he wants to test the market. I'm comfortable with the Kings getting a solid, experienced backup to pair with Phoenix Copley to at least, at the very least, start the season. Mm -hmm. Um, But you mentioned what Aiden Hill's doing. It's all about the team in front of these goalies at this point. That's that's where this league is trending. They're only four or five elite guys anyway, so unless you're going to get one of those guys, which is going to cost a lot of money, going to cost a lot of assets, I think you're best suited just just grabbing someone who could just do the job and be average or above average for you, night in and night out. Especially the way the Kings... We're trending towards the end of the season. Yeah. Their goals against, their shots against, their high danger chances against, we're all trending in the right direction.
1: Right. Yeah, so, you know, and then you could discuss trade options, potentially. You still hear Vizmielka's name kind of come up in there, and it's like, man, really? Like, do you, do you really want to make yet another trade? Do you really want to trade yet another asset for... For... Kirill Vigmelka, you know, like, come on, it's it's, like, that's not, that's not where I don't think you need to be applying your assets in that direction. No disrespect to him. I think he's a good goaltender. I think he's kind of wasting away in Arizona, sadly. Um, But I just, that's not where I want the assets to be directed. Goaltending just is not really where I feel like you need to be moving picks or players at this point, I think if you can convince Corposalo that a, you know, a couple year contract in LA serves him well for his career and for his ability to play, as you mentioned, as a true starter, I think, I think you just go with that, man. I really do.
0: Yeah. And if not perfectly fine with grabbing one of those guys, sure. honestly, at this Sure.
1: Point. Like who's going to be on it? Like... I don't think 35-year-old Freddie Anderson is going to be getting, you know, a giant deal from anyone. Tristan Jari's been highly inconsistent. I don't think anyone's going to be, you know, uh, although I could be wrong, but I, I just don't see a lot of those guys that are available on the market having huge numbers being thrown at them or many, many years being thrown at them that, you know, I don't think that's where the attention needs to be. I think the attention needs to be getting Gabe Valardi and the other RFAs under reasonable contracts. Again, I think the language coming from the team has been very much towards a bridge deal for Gabe. And now, when you see how much they're paying Gavrikov, I think that again supports the idea of a bridge deal over, say, a five mil by seven year kind of deal. You know, the numbers just match up for that, in my opinion. And then you still have your five guys on defense, right? Like the assumption being that Jordan Spence and potentially Brent Clark getting some games in there. But I think Jordan Spence very much has proven that he needs to be an NHL defenseman next year consistently. Um, None of this back and forth nonsense anymore for him. Um, But that still puts you at 60 uh lots of right-handed shots one more once more um so i think they're still going to be in the market for uh bottom pairing left-handed defensemen which should not cost them all that much um then you throw in the kuparis the jared anderson dolans of the world i think i think this can work although like you said it's going to get real tight to the cap there in my opinion so i'm not fully ruling out a sean jersey trade although i i understand the value that he brings to this team probably more than most people do. I understand that there's a there's a place for him on this team, um, but I think that that place is filled much easy, much more easily with uh, potentially having Jordan Spence play that role or even Brent Clark play that role at parts during the season.
0: I do wonder about that left D for the third pairing. I, I wonder if they even bother with it. Uh, I know, in, in a perfect world, they would. But again, they're just—you got to trade Jersey at that point. There's no other. There's no other way. Like, if you're going to bring in a left shot defenseman, I think jersey has got to go at that point. Yeah,
1: because yeah, you've made him—you've made him obsolete at that point. Like, where is he going to play?
0: Yeah, because at that point, your top four is locked, right? So, yeah. you got Jersey, Spence, Clark, Bjornfoot. All trying to grab two spots, right? And you bring in another LD that's going to lock that in. Now you got all those guys battling for one spot.
1: Yeah, and I'm I'm not sold on Bjornfoot being the bottom pairing left defense either. Although that's that's just me personally.
0: No, I'm not either. Uh, But he's he's in the mix whether we like it or not. I mean, he's. I think he's going to get a look at camp, and they're going to see how he's progressed. So, yeah. That's the thing, man. Too many. Too many bodies. And I think I don't know, man. I think Brant Clark's gonna make I don't think he, I don't know if he's gonna make the team out of camp, but I don't think it's gonna take very long for the for him to get that call up.
1: I think he's gonna get forty games. That's the number I'm I'm putting out there. I think he starts in the AHL and they do their classic mid season first guy down, Brant Clark comes up situation and he goes back and forth and Towards the end of the year, he's in there more consistently and gets forty games. That's what I'm. That's the number that I have him pinned at. Not enough to win a Calder, sadly.
0: It's too damn bad because I think, you know my feelings. God damn it! I would start. <laughs> he would be on my second pair with call on opening night.
1: It would be fun. It that's would be fun. Would
0: uh, because then you could then you have three pairings. Yeah. Then you have three real pairings because you're gonna force Matt Roy down. Yeah. And even Roy and Dursey were okay when Dursey they were was doing on the fine. Yeah, yeah. That pairing was fine. So I think breaking up Gavrikov and Roy might be a good idea to start the season. You have a little bit of room there to to see if it works. I know they were outstanding together as a shutdown, but yeah. I've always preferred a puck mover with a shutdown guy like going back to what worked for the Kings for so many years. Right. I realize it's a very simplistic view, but but you would like to have someone who can escape situations on each pairing. And I think the Roy and Gavrikov pairing, as solid as they were, they were very much a let's lob this puck out type of pairing versus let's make a pass and get out of our zone type right. of pairing.
1: I, and again, you still have Jordan Spence. You still right. have Jordan Spence, right. who can, who's, who is just ready, man. He is as ready as you're going to have an, an NHL, you know, prospect be. Um, and had circumstances been slightly different last year, he would have been playing sixty plus games in the NHL. I'm, I'm fully convinced of it. So you just, even if you're not putting Brent Clark with Gavrikov, you could go. You could go gavrikov spence you could you could still do jersey roy i mean you've you've got options in house but um i don't know man i don't know i i I think i i can't get inside that war room and again i i hesitate to try and think like rob blake but you also have a guy in jersey who is probably at the peak of his value at the moment because he's shown the potential of where he can go he's still in the right age as an rfa he still has a a cheap deal like if you were ever going to make a trade for a guy he would be the one right like you would just you would cash in knowing that you got two dudes who can come in and do exactly what he did and probably play better defensively at least in jordan spence's point of view um I don't know, just just spitballing. I think the good news is they have options. And really, I don't think it's going to be that hard for them to sign the pieces they need to get a full roster together between now and you know training camp. But I'm encouraged that they decided to do these things now, because that means that they got something in the works. They got some sort of plan that they needed to get this taken care of as soon as possible, June 1st, as soon as the opportunity presented itself and go from there.
0: A lot of tweets lately about how the Kings were in on UC Saros mm-hmm. um in uh at the trade deadline and a couple of tweets about how they were talking about ekholm and Saros mm-hmm. instead of Gavrikov and Corpasalo. Uh I assume that was a <laughs> the return on that would have been massive and probably would not have included Jonathan Quick. A couple of people also mentioned, Oh, what if they circle back to this? I just there's no way I think they're getting UC Soros. Not only does the money not work, but you. I don't think you have the assets at this point. I think prospects aren't going to get it done. I think firsts and probably multiple picks are going to be included in that deal for that goaltender who has term. So I, just before we move on, I guess, from, yeah. from what could happen, just wanted to clarify, I don't think that's happening. Not that my opinion matters, but I just don't see it.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's pie in the sky. Yeah, and that's that's you could put a pin in that one. That's that's pretty much done. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to see these things happen early. I'm excited that they're not waiting for the cup finals to be over because, you know, whatever, somewhat traditional. Bookend that was believed to be that like all right you don't you don't do things before the cup you just don't do that Rob and he's like screw that
0: so, so now's
1: the time now's the time so I'm I'm glad to see as it happen if,
0: as if a trade that involves Cal Peterson and Ivan Provorov as the key pieces is going to steal all the hockey headlines right. for weeks like relax yeah like,
1: we got a couple of days was, of fun out of it and that yeah was it.
0: yeah it was like six hours of like research and reading and punditry and it was over let's be yeah. honest here so
1: can i can i throw one name out there for uh for a bottom pairing left hand d target i realize it's kind of a weird <laughs> no it really shouldn't even be anyone that you should be targeting but just kind of a fascinating uh guy i think i tweeted i, I texted you about him earlier in the year um eric gustafson mm, for toronto. toronto yeah i'm i'm just fascinated by this guy He's 31 years old, left shot, six foot 183. I mean, uh, yeah, six foot 197. The guy put up in 70 games 42 points <laughs> on yeah. a on a 800,000 salary, and he's just bounced around. He had, you know, one good deal with a three million cap hit with the Flyers back in 2020, and then. You know, went from Chicago, Calgary, Philly, Montreal, back to Chicago, to Sweden for some international games, then Washington. I mean, he's been all over the freaking place, but...
0: Aren't his uh, defensive metrics, like, really good? Like, really solid? He, he, was, he was
1: decent, from what I remember seeing. Granted, I looked at this, like, a month and a half ago, but it was like, man, really? This guy, like... And granted, he's going to get a raise, for sure. He's not going to make 800 grand, but, like... I don't know if anyone's going to offer him a $3 million deal either necessarily with, with those, you know, playing mid to bottom pairing for Toronto. But I think basically this is the kind of guy that that I'd like to see, you know, targeted. He had, he had a great year in eighteen nineteen with Chicago, 60 points in 79 games, right? And just had a little decline, kind of bouncing back a little bit. So... I think that would be a nice kind of guy like that over the age of 30 that you bring in on a couple-year deal maybe. Could work just fine for the team. Um, Sure.
0: I mean, the thing is, everyone else that I've seen that is available left-shod, they're going to get... Good money, like Carson Susie is going to get good money. Oh, easily. You know I mean, that's like, what I mean.
1: Like the the sexy names are going to get the attention, which right? Like,
0: Carson Susie is not. In I my know, opinion, but, but you know what I mean. Like yes. even even the unsexy names yes. are probably going to get paid this summer. Yes. So, I think that's that's really the kind of player you're going to have to try to mine, right? Like you, you.
1: Yeah, you're not going to go after Orlov. You're, no, that you know, age like, group.
0: Even his his age is fits. exactly like exactly. His, I don't know. He might get a nice raise though, just based on the forty two point season. He might.
1: You know, maybe you go after the Brian Dumoulins of the world. I don't know. I don't know how much he's gonna make, but that's the kind of guy that I think you gotta look for. You know, they they got some decent success with with Edler, right? They got Edler for a couple years and when he looked like he was toast and they got something decent out of him as a bottom pairing guy, but I don't want them going after you know, Ryan Graves or anything like that. Like no mm, that ain't it.
0: Have you seen um Daily Faceoffs Cap projection article by Frank Saravalli?
1: Can't say I have. Educate me.
0: Yeah. So they um what they what they do is they have they use something called AFP analytics. Okay. Um to to project what each player is gonna sign for.
1: Uh, I see. Okay, yes. Yeah, I've seen something similar to that from, like, the athletic folks.
0: Cool. Um, so, Gavrikov, they projected five years at 4.9. Mm-hmm. Now, you might say, oh, they were off. Well, for five years, I don't think they were off. <laughs> no. <laughs> I guess that's no, it's a point, right? it's the, yeah, it's a the term. term. Correct. Um, and I think most of these are multi-year, but they have Ryan Graves at five years at 5.1 million. Just to give you an idea of what they project some of these left-handed shot Lord. defensemen to get... Yeah, um, Carson Susie though they project three years, two point five, which is interesting.
1: That's a, that's cheaper than I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna uh, get more I, than I, that.
0: That's my initial feeling too. Is yeah. that I think that that might be off. Uh, Shane Goss, spare four years, four point eight.
1: Which, See, which this is <laughs> so so. This is what I'm talking about, right? Like if if Shane Goss to spare is gonna get four years and four point eight, Sean Dursey's value on the on a market for trade has got to be astronomical
0: it's got to be high i don't know about that big word you just used but it's got to be high uh but but the main reason i brought this up your boy eric gustafson projected three years 3.4 mm.
1: well poop i don't know
0: <laughs> are you interested in ian cole for
1: <laughs> i'm really not I'm, no one, I'm really not i
0: don't think anyone is at this point do,
1: what is uh what is do Nico not, do gonna not make?
0: google him Give give me
1: Nico (laughs) Mikola.
0: Let me see. I don't. He's not on here, so I'm not sure.
1: Sick. We're gonna get him for free.
0: If he's a free, is he a UFA?
1: I believe so. Yes.
0: Well, they don't have him on here.
1: Jordan (laughs) Osterly
0: didn't make the cut, bud. Perfect.
1: (laughs) That's that's exactly who I want them getting. I want a guy who doesn't even make the cut.
0: (laughs) Oh man, Uh, but uh, Damon Severson right-handed d just just throwing this out there 6.1 projected lord he might be the richest no orloff 6.25 so
1: yeah fine
0: those are the two highest even yeah. pat kane didn't didn't make it to six uh three years 5.75 for patrick kane he's 34 so that's not entirely surprising
1: yeah Anyway, I'm I'm I look forward to seeing who the King's bottom pair left handing defense is because that's not a very important you know position. <laughs> <I'll>
0: tell- <Derzy. laughs> yeah, that's true. who I think it's gonna be. Sean Derzy. Yeah. That's <laughs> who I think it's gonna
1: be. The guy they've already got. That's right. That's, that's who I think it's point. gonna be, man. That's it. I'm okay with that. That's all right. If that's what it comes down to, I'm totally fine with that. I really am. I'm I don't want them to trade Sean Derzy, but I also realize that if they were to trade Sean Dersey, now would be the time in my opinion. Probably so. Yeah. All right. Uh, Let's switch gears just briefly. Let's talk about that other thing that I love about the summer that you and I both love about the summer, the draft.
0: The draft.
1: So the Kings, as of right now, have no first-round pick.
0: Absolutely not.
1: Not. Traded uh, in the Gavrikov-Korporasalo trade. Um, They do have their own second-round pick which is going to be a mid to late second rounder, somewhere past the mid mark, obviously, because of where they finished. Uh, They have Pittsburgh's third round pick, uh, and then their own fourth, fifth, sixth. And sadly, they do not have their seventh round pick. I know the gems were waiting there. So um, deep draft, like we talked about, and we've talked about this before, for where they're going to end up drafting and for what... Their uh, prospect cabinet is lacking goalies, baby. Yeah, yeah. I that's, mean, that's what I mean. I it, think it that's... doesn't
0: take a genius, right? Like it doesn't take. Yeah, and and you know what's interesting? If they and we've talked about this, but if you are targeting a goaltender, you rarely need a fit first round pick these days. Like goalies are such a a roll of the dice at this point across the league that. Uh, I think where the Kings are slotted, and I know you and I have, have poked around a little bit on this, where the Kings are slotted in the draft is probably a good place to get one of the top goaltenders in the draft. Yes. and I know you've looked at that, some names, but Carson Bjarnason is one that I've, I've done some research on. Seems like a, he would be a, a good pick. Michael Robble mm-hmm. uh, out, of, out of the USHL. Uh, where is he going? You mentioned he might be—he's going to UMass.
1: Yes. I
0: think he's committed to UMass at this yes. point. Yes. He's—he's he's, he's a big boy, six foot six. Bjarnason is on the smaller side, so to speak. Which six three? <laughs> is he really? I thought yeah. he was like six one. Okay. No, well. man.
1: No, you're Never thinking. Of, I think you're thinking of Trey Augustine. Trey <laughs> Maybe Augustine. I am six thinking one. of Augustine. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Those are the three. I mean, those are the three names that I keep seeing, and then every once in a while I see Adam Gahan. I believe it's a soft j, a long j. <laughs> yeah.
0: I also you also found um a Finnish goaltender that you that you like so, Why are you putting on a scouting hat for this
1: so, one. so so again these are these are the guys that are like projected to go mostly in the second round uh mid, you know, beginning to mid second round then in the third rounds and stuff. Like that's when goaltenders are projected to be drafted. In this draft, and in some order, depending on what ranking you look at, it's Robble and Bjarnason are kind of back and forth. Every once in a while, someone throws out and goes, "No, no, Trey Augustine's the man." Yeah, um,
0: but that's the three-headed monster.
1: That there really, by is. all accounts, yes, that the really top is. Three goalies. And um, even when you look deeper than that, like when I've looked at like the top 100 picks, that certain like McKean's had, I think their top 100 picks, it's it's all when the goalies sneak in there, it's all North American goalies that are sneaking mm. in there. But this is what it gets fascinating because we've seen this run over the last several years of overaged European goaltenders that are kind of signed as free agents and come in or they're draft really late and they marinate in the European leagues and then they come in. Buffalo's kind of made a living on, on these guys and... Yep. and um, UPL. UPL, exactly, exactly. And so... This is kind of like got me thinking about it, and I started looking at the European goalies, because again, I was looking at the top hundred picks, and there was not a single European goalie in there. And it's interesting because you've got a couple guys that, by all accounts, would still be available in the fifth round, sixth round potentially, and could fit that bill of a guy that you draft in Europe and you let him marinate, and they you know, come over late potentially. And the one name, the one that you kind of mentioned, was uh yuha i'm gonna totally butcher this because again I don't know what's a soft j and what's a what's a what's a hard one but i'm Juha gonna go sounds with, right that's right I'm gonna go with yuha Jatkola. that might be it might be a soft J on that one as well <laughs> so all the Finnish listeners i am sorry i realize my name is very complicated but I know how to say complicated names from my region of the world and the european ones they still but if I'm wrong and it's yuha Jatkola, excellent because i'm all on that cola game baby that's right um
0: <laughs> that's, that's a great t-shirt <laughs> i hope they draft them just so you could say that i'm
1: all, I'm on that cola all about
0: the cola this guy
1: <laughs> so uh overage goalie uh was eligible to be drafted i think a couple years ago and was not drafted and then because of some technicality in last year's draft and he had signed a contract already in the finnish league could not be drafted but then played in the world juniors in 2022 and put on a show for finland i mean was put up great granted he didn't play all the tournament games but the three games he played had a goals against of 1.96 and a save percentage of 0.916 and then went back to finland played 40 games in uh the finnish elite league at for kalpa put up good numbers as well. So he's coming in, he's a, he's a 2002 birth year, right? So he's, uh, what does that make him 21 now when, when he's about to be drafted, right? So he's two years older already than a lot of these guys, but it's still draft eligible. So that already kind of falls follows that model of like European goaltender, let him marinate, let him play pro games. And Clearly, he's showing an evolution in his game. Clearly, he's showing that he's progressing and getting better with age at this point. So if really in this, and we're talking about like fifth round picks, sixth round picks and stuff like that here, that would be the exact kind of person that I would I would want to see them just take. Just take the guy. Like, you know, why not?
0: Um, you know who's going to take him? Christian Rutu.
1: Uh, i i hope so i'd like to think i'd like to think that he listens to this podcast
0: uh he has tweeted at us i know that so that's he that's has. something that's he has. something
1: so i'm going i'm going to take that as a win
0: but yeah i mean but the the point the overall point i think is just if that's their target and i think at the very least i was listening to to bill Ranford on um all the king's men mm mm-hmm. mhm and he mentioned specifically that this coming draft is a big draft for the Kings in terms of goaltending.
1: Interesting. I must have missed that episode. I'm so I'm sorry, Jesse. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> You'll listen after. Don't worry, Jesse. I will. Uh, so that that kind of gives you a little bit of a peek behind the curtain. Not Nothing crazy, obviously, but that means that the Kings at the very least are viewing this draft as an important opportunity or an opportunity just to restock a little bit. So I expect goalie maybe goalie or goalies to be taken here, whether they use their second or like Vardy mentioned, they wait They wait for their European scouts to kick in and give them something good late. I think the Kings are taking at least one goaltender in this draft. Without a doubt, I would not be surprised if they take two.
1: So here's another interesting point just to go back to, to Hot Cola. That's what I'm going to go with right now. Um, he's a September birth. So I think if he were... If you were born earlier than that, like let's say if he was a May birth, despite being a 2002, I don't believe he he would be draft eligible anymore. I think at that point he might be, like UFA, like he could be he could be signed. I I could be completely wrong about this, but I I think that's correct.
0: Okay. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> so gonna re- I'm not gonna research that.
1: So. Yeah, I'm not either. I'm just, I'm just gonna throw that out there and assume that it's fact. But my point is that like he's about as late into draft eligibility as you can be but for goaltenders that's not a bad thing that's you have more sample size you've seen more of their play and especially if they're european and they're playing pro games like he has that's i don't see how that's a bad thing i really don't
0: 21 seems to be like the age where goalies play pro games or play nhl games at the very least yeah like devin levi 21 i think yeah. um dustin wolf yeah. Might be older actually. I gotta double check his age, but those are guys that you're looking at like okay, they're about to take the next step and 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 become full time NHLers. Maybe not starters. Um but I know in the case of Levi, I mean after what he showed, you'd be hard pressed not to at least have him make the team. Dustin Wolf is making the flames. He's twenty two. Like he's he's gonna be behind Markstrom. I think Dan Vladar is bye bye. Yeah. If the teams are interested in the Dan Vlodari, might be there. So so um,
1: Dustin Wolf is a great example. Do you know where Dustin Wolf was drafted?
0: Oh, yeah. Seventh or eighth? Seventh round. Eighth? <laughs> the seventh?
1: No, seventh yeah. is... A, Last. By the way, junior king Dustin Wolf, yes, mind you. Yes, very
0: aware of that. Very aware.
1: <laughs> yeah. Did you ever... I mean, you where were you were coaching during those years, I don't know if you knew anyone who coached him during those years, but... I don't. I don't. No, Between I 14, think, 15, and 16, 17.
0: No, the Junior Kings AAA coaching staff is like, I don't know, Craig Johnson. You know what I mean? Like the, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. it's not your buddy.
1: Sure. No, I got <laughs> we, you. I got you. We, right, fair enough.
0: Chat Like, AA hockey with. But, yeah, no. Yeah.
1: Okay. So, Dustin Wolf, 7th round, 214th overall pick. All right? This kid bounced around, played, you know three games in the AHL here, was playing WHL games Nineteen twenty, his His stats in the WHL were tremendous, okay? And, and as a 19, 2019 draft pick, right? So 2017-18, he played 20 games, 2.25, 9.28, save percentage. 18-19, his draft year, he played 61 games for Everett, had a 1.69 goals against, with a .936 save percentage and seven shutouts. And that was still not good enough for him to get drafted before the seventh round. Put, put up another stellar season after that, and then plays three games in the AHL, another you know 22 games in the WHL, a couple games at World Juniors, and then finally becomes the starter for Stockton in 21-22. And then... Now for the Calgary Wranglers this last year, 55 games, 2.09, 9.32 save percentage man, with seven you know, shutouts. All his
0: save percentage numbers are so They're solid. They're insane.
1: They're insane. And But this is what I'm saying, right? Like You could tell the potential was there, but only in the last couple of years at 21, 22 years old, like you mentioned, do you go, man, look at this guy. We, we got something good here. We got a legitimate goalie here who's found his way. And so... Goalies are voodoo, man.
0: Goalies are voodoo.
1: And so just those late round picks, I think you got to use those on goaltenders as much as possible, in my mind. I think you're way more likely to hit on a goaltender late like that than you are to on some random defenseman or something like that.
0: Let's do it, boys. Let's go. Hot cola. Let's do it. Hot, hot cold <laughs> that delicious beverage <laughs>
1: God it sounds terrible
0: it's so bad um uh, all right man uh other changes in the King's organization yeah farewell Alex Faust in a not stunning but still shocking move not stunning in the terms of we understood where the regional sports climate was and was headed over the course of the last few years. With Bally's going bankrupt, there's a big question mark where regional sports are going to be aired. And from all indications, the letting go of Alex Faust is completely connected to that. The Kings are moving to a simulcast for the first time since 1989, if I'm not mistaken. One team to cover both radio and television, where the television will be. Who knows? Hmm. The radio will be on iHeartRadio, I'm assuming, Uh, which that that was changed a few years ago, Um, makes all the sense in the world in in terms of having one team, especially with iHeart being a streaming service, being the King's own radio network at this point. Um, Sad though, I, I, you know, Alex Faust, man, um, his national broadcasts after the Kings were eliminated were outstanding. The, the few times I got to hear him call play-by-play play in that Seattle series specifically, he was so good. He was had the right energy, and he stuck out positively simply because ESPN is so horrible, <laughs> is so bad. And for him to be on TNT, who has a much better announcing staff and still shine, I think he's destined for national television. I think he has that voice for national television. He's young enough. He's charismatic enough. I'm not worried about Alex Faust's future. It is a little sad that he's not the voice of the Kings. Um, But I'll tell you what cushions the blow, my friend, is Nick Nixon. The 1B voice of the Kings of all time. Yes. Coming to television with Jim Fox, Daryl Evans. The A crew, you know, in our hearts. Uh, they'll be doing TV moving forward. We'll have to see where. But uh, your reaction when you first read that was happening. <sighs>
1: Uh, again, I, I I think I echo your sentiments of like, oh wow, really? because I think for the fanfare that he came in on six years ago, right? Like there was a there was a national search. He was he was taken over for an absolute legend in Bob Miller and huge shoes to fill. Um, and then gradually finding his own footing and, and carving out like his own style to call King's games and the relationship on air that was developing constantly with him and Jim Fox, like you could, you could see it evolving season over season over season. And so, you know, it wasn't hard to, to think like, well, where's this guy going to be 15, 20 years down the line? You know, I, I I'm, I'm too, too young to have heard Bob on his initial, you know, five, 10 years of calling kings games i only saw him when he was at his peak basically i only heard him at his peak um and as good as 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 alex is on the national stage i think it's different when you're calling it for the same team over and over and Absolutely. over again i think it's a different tone i think it's a different cadence i think you're bringing up different points when you're calling it and finding that balance of you know not calling it like a homer Quite honestly, I think I think a lot of announcers pander to the home audience, so to speak, and it's a tough. It's tough not to do that. It's tough not to do that when you're calling it for the same team over and over again. Um, so I I felt like I was seeing that evolution in the way that he was calling the game, and respectfully, I I felt like I was seeing his knowledge of the game get better, at the nuances of the game get better. Um, but I do agree that the talent is clearly there. The future is clearly there for him. I think the national broadcasts are definitely in his future. I don't know what it means for the Kings long term. Um, I don't know how long Nick plans on calling these games, hopefully forever. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think it's also not fair to assume that he's gonna keep calling games for the next five to ten years, but then again, no one really knows what the what the TV landscape is gonna be for the next five, ten years. Whether there ends up being a an NHL, you know, streaming service that becomes available that you can watch any game anytime, that kind of thing. Whether a more local streaming service that conglomerates between the Kings and the Ducks and, you know, maybe the basketball teams, maybe the Sharks, who know? I really don't know. Like I think I think technology has advanced to the point where all of those options are very much available. It's just finding the right dollar amount to charge people, where you know that they'll actually pay it, right? Like I think, what is it? Does, uh, is, I, I think Nesson has Nesson 360 or something like that. And maybe the New York area, I don't know if it's MSG or the Yankees, they, they've got, obviously these are big markets, right? You've got a huge fan base that are willing to pay to see their teams play. But I think Nesson 360 is like $25 a month and 250 a year so that you can watch all the Boston teams that are on Nesson and, and all the programs that come with that. Now, I don't know if if people would pay $25 a month just to watch Kings games being being broadcast. No. I, I mean, think you that's, gotta, that's a...
0: You got to pair them with the Clippers. You exactly, exactly,
1: on. exactly. And the real ticket there becomes the Lakers, right? The Lakers, if they're not involved... Then you're kind of doing a hodgepodge thing where you're doing Kings and Clippers and Ducks, you know. I yeah, I I pay it's that. La- so. I
0: think the Lakers are signed to Spectrum along with the Dodgers.
1: Is that nationwide or is that regional though? I'm not terribly I familiar. I
0: think it's Spectrum LA. I've cut my cords a while back, so I yeah, I, can't, I did too. I can't so confidently I, I kinda... tell you, but I know that uh, cable packages have those channels as premiums
1: right so that's what i'm saying so even if they were to pair it together and make it a, a clippers kings ducks angels network like who cares i'm not i'm not i'm not <laughs> yeah. i don't care to watch clippers games i don't care to watch angels games you're basically forcing me to pay $25 a month so that i can watch the one team that i care to watch and so i don't know whether a uh, a more national nhl services would be an availability i really don't know but i think all those options are probably being pursued because clearly you have to have tv broadcast that there needs there has to be a way that teams can show the games um and make money off of it because that's where most of these leagues are getting their money from now is the tv rights deals it's not advertising it's not attendance it's the tv rights for your team
0: absolutely yeah, we'll see, man. I think when it comes down to it, I probably pay $25 just to watch King's Games.
1: I mean, But look, how many
0: of us are there? That's yeah, the question. Exactly. How many of us are there?
1: Is it is it enough for, for the team to feel like they're actually making money on that? Because that's where the regional sports network deals are making money for them. And I don't know how much, but everything I hear is that the TV rights are where the money is even on these regional sports networks, et
0: cetera.
1: 100%. Yeah. Uh, Anything else you feel like? Stanley Cup finals? Florida clawing back, getting themselves a game in there today. Now it's 2-1, making it respectable. I guess so. Looked more like a good team today. The first two games in Vegas, they did not look good at all.
0: I still don't think they looked very good today. That's just me. That's just me. Vegas dominated the game. Vegas, Vegas has dominated every game. Um, Carolina in the previous series all but dominated every game. I think one. I think Toronto outplayed Florida for three of the five games. Mm -hmm. So I think I mentioned in a tweet that I think Florida's pixie dust—they're fake good. Yeah, I think they're fake good. I think they're finding ways to win. They found ways to win. Uh, even today, Like they get a goal with, I don't know, barely anything left on the clock, a minute yeah. or so. Send it to overtime, and just the seeing eye shot by Verhage finds the net. They got outplayed today. They got outplayed in game two. They got outplayed in game one. They're going to get outplayed in game four. So yeah. I think Vegas is going to take this. I got Vegas to win the series. I got Vegas to win in six games or less. I want to make that money, Vardy.
1: So. <laughs> Pretty remarkable, man. You got it. You got to give credit where it's due. I mean, and the one thing that Jack Eichel trade has worked out so well for them. They, 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 they gambled hard on that trade. I think a lot of people, given his injury history, the the, the cervical, uh, you know, the questionable uh, experimental, so to speak, surgery for someone. So and it is it's it's paying off great and I, I love look i don't love to see the golden knights win the cup within their first six years or seven years of existence but i love to see bold moves being rewarded Yep. and vegas is nothing if not bold in the moves that they make because they went after guys that they thought would help them and it's amazing <coughs> how suddenly Jack Eichel's no longer a locker room cancer. It's it's yeah, tremendous. I mean, you, it's just
0: or the you can't win with Jack Eichel, guys. Oh,
1: it looks like yeah.
0: Just like you couldn't win with Phil Kessel, guys. Yeah,
1: man, it's, just, it's, it's crazy funny how, how, how that these works. things. Yeah, it's, it's funny almost how these... like
0: you can't be a winner until you win. Isn't yeah. that crazy? Right. <laughs> That's so you know, crazy.
1: You know who was not a winner until he won? Daryl Sutter. Yeah, that was yeah, that was the can't knock win on him. with Daryl. Yeah, can't happen. Until it does, and then right all of a sudden, it's,
0: right now it's can't win with Todd. Yeah. So,
1: I'm I'm happy. I would be more than thrilled to see that change.
0: No shit. Yeah. No shit, buddy. Um. Yeah, we shat on Vegas a lot in our season preview. I think we had missing the playoffs. Uh, I didn't. <laughs> you did we, we took them to the cleaners for bringing in mercenaries and losing the soul of their team, and and the fabric of what made them special. Oh boy. <laughs>
1: Eat crow per sixty
0: league leading. As Once always, again.
1: my friend. This is episode one oh one. A new era. And we we are we are officially in the triple digits, yeah. and the numbers game that has no name. Uh, we actually didn't start randomly playing that until I don't think the mid thirties or so. So yeah, we've got. Yeah. We've got some catching up to do.
0: That's right. So we're, we're going to start we're gonna start with a friggin' doozy.
1: Oh, man. There's got to
0: be like 12 guys, dude. Uh,
1: no, dude. There's 16 guys. <laughs> okay. Okay.
0: <laughs> All, All right, right here here buddy. we go. You ready?
1: All right. Do you want to go in chronological Should I go order?
0: Backwards? No, I'm just going to spout them off.
1: All right. Go for it. Jamie Store. Nailed it.
0: Mario Lassard. Nailed it. And I'm out. No. Um, <laughs> Enroth. Yes. Is Terry Sachuk number one here?
1: Uh probably no. not. Probably no, 30.
0: Okay. Um
1: some recent guys. Some more recent geez. guys. Yeah, uh, post Enroth.
0: This is hard, dude.
1: It's not easy. It's it's oh, a goalie number. Sean Burke. Uh yes.
0: Um uh some kind of weeks.
1: Uh, Steve Weeks yes yes Steve Good. Weeks there you go you're doing great
0: uh, Roland Melanson was 30 um god there's a guy with brown pads and a cat eye mask <laughs> in my head and it's not it's someone else other than Steve Weeks that, um Rick Canickel, was he number one
1: Yes, he was.
0: Okay, Rick Knickle.
1: You're doing great, yeah, man. I'm doing okay. You're, you're, once again, your mid-90s, uh, <laughs> King's, my... King's Wheelhouse is yeah, untouchable. Untouchable. So you're saying yeah.
0: after Enroth, huh?
1: Yes. So you've, okay, so you've got, I'll tell you which years you've got covered so far, because this is fun. <laughs> you got 92 covered, that was Steve Weeks. You got Rick Knickle from 93-94. Jamie Storr from 96 to 2003. Uh, you're missing someone in 2004. Mm. Wait, I don't think you said... I'm not sure, actually. I'll give okay. you this one. Did you say uh, Milan Hulinichka? No. Okay, so he was number one in 2004. Okay. So I'm going to give you that was one. I was not going to get that. That's no yeah. problem. So Sean Burke in 2007. You said Enroth in 2016. But there's a couple guys after that
0: couple yes. Two guys.
1: yes one was a number switch and one was short-lived but notable I'm I blanking. Have to... okay so they got jack campbell is wearing one for a couple no of kidding years. wow yes so
0: then he switched to 36 yes yes he did okay okay
1: um and then the goose baby oh gooseneck
0: Troy Grosnick, I am That's sorry, right. my friend.
1: That's right. Troy Grosnick had wore number one for a couple memorable games for the Kings in '21. Okay. okay, but we're gonna now now moving backwards. This is where things get a little bit dicey. Tell me who Brown pads is. Uh, I I honestly can't tell you because I don't have <laughs> pictures of them in their pads. I apologize. <laughs> okay. Um, but so far those are all goalies. Like they, there's like there's not a non goalie number in there. Uh, 1990. Okay. Uh. Ron, yes. Okay, go on. Ron Scott. That's the
0: that's the guy. I don't that's have a photo. Pads. I'm, I'm... It's brown pads. Just <laughs> old, trust me. Old, old brown. Pads. It's old brown pads. <laughs> cat eye mask. Move on. <laughs> Ron. Yes.
1: Oh man, I have to look him up now. I'm. I'm. That's not the Ron Scott I'm looking for. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> turns out there's a lot of Ron Scotts. Who knew? Um. Old brown pads, Ron Scott's. Oh, he of 5'8", 155 pounds. <laughs> man, I'm bigger than an NHL player. How about that? Um, let me see here. Just Ron Scott Kings, bro. Okay.
0: Oh, I'm looking at him right now. Brown right. pads, cat eye.
1: All right, good. Good. God I'm damn. glad you All I'm right. glad you had old cat eye. Um, man, you're going to kill me on this. This is another one of those long J... Oh, God. I'm sorry, everyone. I'm going to apologize in advance. <sighs> Bob Janisek.
0: Janasek.
1: Jan- oh,
0: of course Bob it's Janasek. God damn yeah.
1: it. I'm sorry. Now that you say Bob it, Janicek I'm like, yes, of course up, it's Janasek.
0: Backed up uh, Jim Craig for the 1980 yes. Miracle on yes. Ice team. Yes, yes. Bob yes. Okay. Yes,
1: everyone. I love hockey. I'm sorry. Yes, now that you say <laughs> You're it. You're
0: an embarrassment
1: I am to this to the sport. Anyway. Yes. Okay. We're Mario not... Lessard, you had yeah. Gary Simmons.
0: 77
1: mm. 78
0: i believe that is snake mask gary Simmons, by the way. <laughs> mm.
1: yes i believe so is where, and then 72 to 77 yeah I'm gary edwards
0: that. oh yeah gary edwards sure
1: yeah lots of lots he wore number one quite a few times and then 71 jack norris
0: this is where you're losing me
1: yep sorry just hang in there we're almost done um jacques caron in 1969. (laughs) and last but certainly not least wayne rutledge Rutledge. there it is should have known it those are those are all the number ones and every single one of them is a goaltender now i i don't know if any non-goaltender has worn the number one for an nhl hockey team but that is a ballsy move if you, yeah. If you have.
0: <laughs> yeah. I I suspect not. I suspect not.
1: All right. So who do you want to give this to amongst those sixteen? Holy shit! Um, it's got to be Lazard, right? As it's got to be Mario Lazard. Yeah. I mean, I, I have a Lessard. I have a soft spot for the for the potential that was Jamie Storr, but it's Mario Lazard. No,
0: it's Mario Lazard. He was in it for the miracle on Manchester. That'll end that conversation. Yeah. Uh, with respect to everyone else. So.
1: Perfect. All right, everyone. Well, this is a fun one. Glad to be back. Uh, we'll try to do this more frequently as things come up. Uh, maybe a bit more draft episode stuff. We'll see. We'll see how this goes. But uh, thank you for the Twitter interaction. Like, subscribe, etc., etc. You can find us everywhere podcasts are. Drop us reviews. Happy to keep talking throughout the summer. Go Kings, go.
0: You've been listening to The Bannerman, an LA Kings podcast.